0: This is Hope and Health with doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life.
1: Tonight, we're going to talk about one particular hormone, and we'll surprise you with that in a minute. And we're going to talk about light as it relates to truth. A lot of darkness today. A lot of search for the truth. We're going to unravel that today for you. So let's jump in, of course, with the seven parts of wellness, if you will.
0: The seven pillars Mm -hmm. of health or wellness. I
1: always start there because if we can't build a foundation on a solid solid rock, we are missing something terribly. And so we're going to make sure we do this.
0: Yes. So at the top of the list, of course, is nutrition. Mm -hmm. We get excited every day with People who turn their lives around and they go from death's door into health and vitality Mm -hmm. when they change what's at the end of their fork. And as we know, what's at the end of your fork is the most important medical decision that you make every day because food is medicine. And we're making that decision sometimes three times a day, Mm -hmm. sometimes three times a day and two snacks. It's just um, uh, something that we have to do to sustain life. So we have to have a really good relationship with what's at the end of our fork, and be intentional about what we take into these things we call the temple, the skin bag, the human body, if you will.
1: The next area is sleep. We always talk about sleep because you've got to sleep, except during our show. Don't sleep during that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other time, you can take a nap if you want to. Make sure you get enough sleep. That's, that's big time important.
0: Stress management, that is one of the number one reasons why people come into the primary care doctor's office. Any doctor's office is stress, stress, stress. Stress is burning, spinning out of control. It's upside down. Stress drives people to have high tension. High tension equals high blood pressure. High blood pressure then drives people to do crazy things, crazy habits, eating bad food, drinking bad drinks and doing habits and behaviors that they're trying to modulate their stress with instead of really slowing down and managing that stress appropriately.
1: Then we got movement. I mean, needless to say, we sit too much. Mm. We don't do enough activity. We're having a very sedentary yeah life that's going on right now across our country and across our world. We need to move more. Yes, especially less. in this
0: current climate. Mm-hmm. It's like we are sitting more than ever. Yep. We're homebound, we a are. majority of us.
1: We can do better than that. So that's number four.
0: Number five is DNA. Mm-hmm. Deoxyribonucleic acid, which is your genetic material that actually makes up all the cells in your body and runs all of these cellular processes.
1: then we have, of course, our hormones, and we started the discussion last week about what they were. We'll revisit that tonight, and we'll also talk about one of our eight hormones that we're going to discuss. We have more hormones, but we're going to talk about eight of them and how they interact with each other, and you're going to get really, really smart Mm
0: -hmm. about hormones. hormones.
1: And finally, number seven is...
0: Ding, ding, ding. Peptides. Peptides mm-hmm. are short chain amino acids. They're strung together in chains less than fifty amino acids. More than fifty amino acids, it becomes a protein. Mm-hmm. But amino acids such as peptides, these are healing molecules. They're signaling molecules that improve brain regeneration. They improve connective tissue, bone repair, sleep, uh, body fat, con- uh, body fat loss, improving muscle mass. With so they change body composition. They have a lot of things to offer.
1: Cannot wait to go over some of those peptides. We'll do that over the next coming months and probably a year. There's so much we have to talk about, so much we have to teach you, and we can't wait. So with all these episodes, obviously, they'll be populated uh, backwards on both our channels, His Glory, and our website as well. So you can go back and listen. To these will encourage you because it's so much information. We're dumping basically 40 plus 40 80 years of knowledge into you we want you to have it to keep you well.
0: Of course, (laughs) the the
1: overarching theme of all this Mm. is spiritual and emotional wellness, and many of you understand that the idea behind the majority of most physical manifestations of disease processes are driven by spiritual and emotional brokenness. So we talk about this hormone. We're going to revisit that tonight before we get into a visit with Pastor Dave in just a moment, but... I want us to talk about a little bit of brief overview. Before we do that, just remember that hormones are made from cholesterol. Big time important subject matter there because sometimes when cholesterol goes up, we kind of freak out saying that's bad. It's not bad. It's going up because we're probably trying to make hormones, among other things. So if cholesterol is the backbone where does it get formed at? It gets formed in the mitochondria. So the first initiation of cholesterol that begins to be used to manufacture hormones is in the mitochondria. What's the mitochondria, you ask, if you don't recall? These mitochondrion are the powerhouses of the cells. And these are crazy little guys that live inside of cells and they create a molecule called ATP that gives a cell power, but they also help create these wonderful Chemical messengers called hormones. Well, we'll talk about chemical messengers first of all. You know, these are a big deal. Um, they, they are chemical messengers. So, this is the definition of them. Uh, think about them as emails.
0: Yes, right? emails. You so? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the receptors on the cells are like the inbox for receiving these messages. Mm-hmm. And if the a inbox or the receptors on the cells are all jugged up with the standard American diet. They can't receive the emails. They can't understand mm. the message. They can't hear what's going on clearly. So it's very important that the foundation is clean, clear, and crisp so that your cellular receptors can hear the messages or e- emails, if you will.
1: Yeah, and if you can't send emails, there is no communication going on, and that's what happens when we lose hormones. So the next thing I want you to see, you're looking at this very complex thing on the this screen right yeah, now, this yeah. brain. So talk to us through that. What does that mean?
0: We all these messages from your mm-hmm. environment are coming in through your eye gates, your ear gates, your smell gates, your your sense of taste and touch. And it is sending signals to your brain that your brain begins to create chemical messages to send a hormone signal to other glands in the body. For example, it sends messages to the thyroid gland. It sends messages to the adrenal glands. It sends messages to the male and female sex glands to carry out a certain action. Now, if this messaging system gets mm-hmm. polluted or gets junked up, it's not going to work in an appropriate manner and the messages will not be c- communicated mm-hmm. appropriately.
1: So you think about this, the signals as you see come down from the brain, kind of the master gland, the pituitary, and they end up in the ovaries or the adrenals or the testes, wherever they might go to create. That's super important. Now, when they don't get the communication, a whole bunch of emotions come out. You can see all these weird faces now. This is some of the emotions that you might experience when you don't have good communication. And this can be between oh, people. Oh, it's like the seven dwarves. <laughs> yeah, and also Yikes. in your body. They call this the, the seven uh, emotions of no communication or the seven emotions of no hormones. You go yes. up to the top. Uh, left, going to the right, you see sadness, you see fear, you see fright, you see confusion, you see weeping and tears, you see, I don't know what's going on, you see absolute mania. That's what you see there. And it's like, when people lose communication, they lose who they are. And how many times have you out there, ladies and gentlemen, when you reach that menopausal or andropausal life or part of life, respectively... That you look at another person, or you look at yourself, and I don't even who, know who I am anymore, or you look at someone near you and say I don't know who you are anymore—a big deal. And then we begin to have some behaviors. And here you see a person sitting in front of a computer screen doing what?
0: Oh boy, they it appears to be stress eating. Hmm. You know, if you can't manage stress, oftentimes you will find yourself emotionally eating. Or emotionally drinking things to try to palliate your emotions or the uncomfortableness that you feel inside. And clearly,
1: this person is struggling, confused, and all these emotions you previously saw, those seven emotions that we saw of no hormone function, created this environment of dysfunction and then it led to dysfunctional behaviors. Now, we, as we talked last week, we're going to talk about these eight hormones over the next couple of months. So these are the important hormones. We start from the left to right, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, thyroid, cortisol, insulin, leptin, and DHEA, dehydro andro, dehydroepiandrosterone. Big word, but we'll explain what that is over time, but not tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about this one, which is...
0: The hormone insulin. Mm -hmm. Insulin is called the blood sugar hormone. Well, why is that? Anytime you eat a carbohydrate, no matter how big or small, insulin comes to the rescue. And insulin is a hormone that is produced by the beta cells of the pancreas to take blood sugar down. Blood sugar is toxic when it gets to a certain level. So your body tries to keep blood sugar under control Mm -hmm. with this hormone called insulin. So you eat a carbohydrate. Here comes insulin from yep. the beta cells of the pancreas. The insulin takes that blood sugar down relatively rapidly because yep. I- a blood sugar can be toxic. So the interesting thing about the relationship between blood sugar and insulin is that blood sugar goes down easily. It minds the response of insulin. It's shuttled into the cells. It's shuttled into the muscle tissue, shuttled into the liver, taken out of the bloodstream. However, insulin is a long-acting <clears throat> hormone. Insulin hangs around. It stays around. It's mm-hmm. continually there for hours. If blood sugar isn't around and insulin is still doing its work and taking sugar out of the blood, guess what happens? You become hypoglycemic. And that there in my friends gives you all those symptoms of hangry. Uh, I gotta eat. I'm shaking. Hangry. I, I'm sweating. I gotta get back to the uh-huh. refrigerator because I need some food. Now, what we have to understand is that it's insulin and it's action on blood sugar, taking blood sugar down, making you hypoglycemic that's driving you black to the refrigerator. So, we have to get this interaction between blood sugar and insulin under control. Well, how does that happen? It happens with what you put at the end of your fork.
1: So, let's think about this for a moment. If insulin is supposed to guide or lower blood sugar out of the bloodstream because you can die from too much and it converts it to glucose and it stores it in places where it could be used later. What happens if those places or storage tanks become full? Hmm. Well, Why? blood sugar comes in, of course, because we eat it and we eat this sugar that Is converted immediately, and we eat high glycemic foods, which are converted immediately to this blood sugar load, and insulin is elevated. Insulin says, I've got some glucose, and it knocks on the doors of these cells, but the cells say, Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't have any room here in this cell. I don't have any room in the liver. I don't have any room in the muscles. I am completely full. And the cells resist the knock, 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 of the insulin. And the cells become insulin resistant. Well, what happens to all the glucose at that point, you ask? Are you asking that question? I'm sure you would be. That would be a good question to ask. Well, the glucose is then converted into these things called triglycerides. The triglycerides are then shunted not in the cells of the liver or the muscles because they can't hold it anymore, but they are shunted into your fat stores and Mm. some of your organs. And you get growth of fat, and that's why persistent elevation of this hormone insulin is always tied to fat storage. So on one hand, you have this hypoglycemia, which drives you back because insulin's slow and it's going to drive you back to consume more of these carbohydrates quickly. The longer you do that, the more the cells fill up and they don't have any room. Then the cells become insulin resistant. You start storing fat. That is why we've always said that hormone or the hormone insulin is a fat storage hormone. Correct. That's exactly correct. it's fascinating. <laughs> this hormone is a all problem about now. Playing
0: chess with your own internal chemistry.
1: That's right. And what happens if people end up being insulin resistant and end up on medication, and eventually the pancreas gets too fat that it can't make any insulin whatsoever? We start taking insulin. Oh, huh. does that solve <laughs> the problem? No, no, because insulin is what kind of hormone? Fat storing. So the more insulin you take, the more
0: belly fat
1: you get. That's the way it is. Muffin so tops, more that's dulies. the way. It works.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Can type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance be reversed?
0: Absolutely. Type mm. 2 diabetes is a man-made condition. It's having too many carbohydrates At the end of your fork, we are in Mm. love with boxed and packaged cereals, grains, breads, pastas, bagels, chips, dips. Oh boy.
1: Mm, The beat goes on.
0: Drinks, sodas, man alive.
1: We can do better. Type 2 diabetes is completely avoidable. It should not exist in our world in any way, shape, or form, or fashion. It should be believed right now that if you're out there and you have type 2 diabetes, diabetes and you've been told there's nothing you can do it's a condition a disease you inherited stop go bunk that is nonsense that is not true stop. you have been lied to and sorry about that whoever told you that but that's not true we see it reversed all the time it needs to go away now type 1 is another story altogether. but type 1 only consumes about 2 to 3% of all diabetes cases. So can you imagine if we were to be able to reverse 97% of all diabetes cases? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be awesome. What would that do to our economy, I ask you, you economists out there? We'd all
0: become our own personal farmers.
1: Imagine that. We'd become healthy again. The hormone insulin is a very important hormone to understand. Additionally, as we'll talk later on in episodes to come, there's another hormone called cortisol that drives insulin as well. That's the hormone of stress. So stress can drive insulin. Insulin can um, do what it does. And cortisol can even become a problematic feature of type 2 diabetes. Are you
0: telling me that cortisol can make me fat?
1: Cortisol can make you fat. That's oh what I'm saying. Hmm.
0: So So I better manage my stress. you got to manage stress. We have to manage stress. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. And so when you look at the foods that we know that drive glucose conversion or synthesis to quickly the blood sugar and driving insulin, we have to look at that list once again. I know you get tired of hearing it, but here it is, the inflammatory foods.
0: At the top of the list, sugars and artificial sweeteners. We've mm-hmm. got those fried foods, those things dipped in oils and fried in high heat. Then MSG and other fillers yep. or chemicals, we've got to check our labels. If we're not reading our labels, we're putting all kinds of stuff into our body that we can't pronounce. So how is our body supposed to understand what that is? And then we've got processed foods, box, package, bagged stuff that's artificial that if you leave it out in the backyard, it's going to be the same form and type six yep. months later than it is when you set it out there. Sodas. Boy, that's just full of sugars. It's not just the soda mm. pop anymore. It's the, it's the soda giant gulp. So we've gone from a cup to the giant gulp. Excessive caffeine and alcohol. These things tear up the GI tract, the GI lining. That We become excessive uh, as not far soda. as consumption with San them. Pellegrino. And then bre- breads and grains, yeast, soy, and corn. These are inflammatory disease-causing to everyone, young and old, all the time.
1: Well, simply stay away. I don't care what you're told once again. These are not good for you. Stay away. And then we have these wonderful foods called anti-inflammatory foods. Why do we call them anti-inflammatory foods? Because they don't induce the immune system to create inflammation for the most part. So what are these anti-inflammatory foods?
0: You got to have high quality proteins and proteins are amino acids and amino acids are the building blocks of life. You want to look for words like organic, grass-fed and finished, free-range and wild-caught. In terms of healthy oils and fats, there are good things like olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, nuts, and seeds. Those low-glycemic fruits are berries, oranges, Mm. semi-ripe bananas, and apples. Low-glycemic non-root, non-starchy vegetables, those are the things that grow above the ground. These are anti-inflammatory, non-disease-causing to young and old, all the time.
1: And guess what? They don't drive blood sugar that high either and further don't drive insulin. How cool is that? So they don't store fat. These are not fat forming foods. There you go. There's a whole nother level there.
0: It takes more energy to burn those above ground non-root veggies than there are calories in them. So they put your body in a state of high metabolism.
1: gonna jump into a subject. We live in a very confusing and confounding time today. Uh, a lot of people have um you know information that they broadcast as the truth, then it's questioned somebody else says, well that's a lie. This is the truth. And so what is the truth? Where is the truth? And how do we determine where truth comes from? And how do we see truth? That's an important thing. I hear that word all the time. I'm I'm gonna give you truth when nobody else does we hear that a lot, don't we?
0: On occasion, yes, like every day, all the time.
1: Like all the time. So what we did tonight was we came up with a bunch of scriptures to really talk about each one of them and how they relate to this thing called light and darkness and truth. And there are many, many, many. And we just hit the highlights, has hit a few of them in our, in our, in our Lord's word. And I think that's important to understand that. How does this relate to what we just talked about in all of our health? Look, we've done our best to communicate truth to you about biblical principles as they relate to health. These are God's word, God's principles. And when we follow God's word, we follow his principles, we'll be blessed and we'll have a good return on our investment. That's important. But if we don't pay attention to God's Word and God's principles, we don't walk in the light. We walk in something called darkness. We're not able to see truth. We're not able to understand it. We're not able to recognize it. And even when we do, it's kind of foreign to us. So how do we determine uh, to get back to where we can see truth, we can illuminate truth, and we can be the light? So first scripture I want to understand is, well, principle-wise, that light overpowers all darkness. I think we all understand that. You can have a little bitty match in a dark cave, but it will light up every part of that dark cave, won't it? It sure will. It's crazy. So let's read our first scripture. It's found in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 12, verse um, 2 through
0: 3. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs.
1: So today... There's a lot of prayers and a lot of discussion going on to determine or invoke this idea the truth is going to be exposed. My question is even if one is, then what? Because ultimately we have a promise here in Luke chapter 12 that, and it says, um, nothing can concealed, everything that's concealed will be. Not be disclosed. It or will, will, will be disclosed, and everything that's hidden will be brought out into the light, and it will be made known. And what was said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. So that means that every bit of untruth, of secret plan, of evil will be revealed. Do I have to work to reveal it? Not really. Do I have to trust God to reveal it? Yes. That's the point. It's not my job to uncover truth, per se, in the spiritual context. It's our job to live in light so that light exposes the darkness, it makes darkness run, and then truth shows itself. And that's God's power at work in us. And it's, so it's not really up to us to be all weirded out looking for truth all the time. We already have truth, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through me. So we have the light living in us. And that's a big time. Next scripture
0: is Job 12, verse 22. He reveals the deep things of the darkness and brings deep shadows into light.
1: Again, deep things in the darkness and deep shadows in the light. So light overpowers all darkness. Even the deep, deep, dark secrets that we have. Even the deep, 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 dark secrets of the deep state. Even the deep, deep, dark secrets of the current administration. Isn't that interesting? I think we need to understand that whatever is hidden will always come out. We have it now confirmed in God's Word. We don't need to worry about that. So, again... One more time, our job is to be the light. Be the light. And the light always exposes the darkness. We have another passage in John chapter 8.
0: Verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.
1: So if we want to walk in truth, we also want to walk in Light. then we need to understand that as John 18, 12 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If we follow him, we will walk in the light. If we follow him, we will also have light and light. So the light of life can live in you. If the light of life can live in you, then what are we worried about darkness for? Because wherever you go, it will repel and outshine the light. So in other words, you can walk in a dark, dark room. And if you're the light, that light of you will light up the dark room. Yeah, I know I just use a physical principle, but what about a spiritual principle? If you walk in a room full of a dark discussion with darkness coming on in people, and you are a light... I guarantee you that darkness is going to recognize you as light. You'll be isolated and, and known as, as light because the darkness will be confronted with you and the darkness will be conflicted with you and the darkness will be uh, repelled from you. That's the point. So really to understand that light is such a powerful force, not just physically, but spiritually, it's even more so. Wherever Jesus went, the dark secrets of mankind, their motives were always revealed, always. And he could look inside of people. And now we have Jesus in us, so we see inside of things. We have the ability to carry the light that exposes all darkness because the light lives in us. I think that's an important gift. What does John, John 1, 5 say?
0: The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it.
1: Huh. Pretty clear. That simply means that no matter how dark it is, it can't overcome any bit of light. I might be a little light. I might say this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Well, whatever. The bottom line is, this might be a little light, a little beautiful lady, but she shines. I might be a little light, a nice big old burly muscular man, but I'm going to let my light shine. How about you? Are you letting your light shine? Does your light shine enough to cast all darkness or does it just blend in? Is it dull? Is it burned out? Is your light bulb burned out? Do you have a dimmer switch that's been flipped off? Look, we need to shine bright and understand that the light will overpower all, not some, all darkness. What does Isaiah forty two sixteen say?
0: And I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know. In paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, hmm. the rough places into level grounds. These are the things I do. I do not forsake them.
1: That's a powerful prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. He's talking about God Almighty. He doesn't leave his people alone and helpless. He leads us through the darkness, he leads us through the rough places into level ground. It's like, yea, though I'll walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. He leads us through those things. He doesn't leave us in those places. So if we have darkness all around, and yes, I'm talking about the concept of today, there's a lot of evil in the world and it's supposed to be there. But if we have darkness all around and we understand that the light in us, God in us will lead us through the darkness, will take us through these rough places, these rough patches that we have. And they are many. I'll tell you, there are many. There's a lot of rough A lot of tough things going on right now. But we have to trust God to lead us through using His light in us as He illuminates us to lead us through all these places. I think it's important because when you don't know where to go, God can lead you all the way. Which leads me to the next scripture, Psalm 119, 105.
0: Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path.
1: So the word is in us. It's a lamp. So how do we get light in us? We put the word of God in us. That's the key, friends. We put the word of God. We don't put the words of men. We put the word of God. We don't listen to men who speak fear. We put the word of God. So men who speak fear, listen to me, are speaking the native language of darkness. Because darkness promotes fear and light promotes safety. Darkness promotes anxiety because you can't see. You're afraid you're going to fall. But light promotes sure and confidence and the knowing that we're not going to trip and fall because we see everything. When I look at this scripture, the word, your word, your word, oh God, is a lamp unto my feet. And it lights up my path in front of me. I think of myself going through a dark, dark path with a lantern. You know, I think about a lantern. We're walking down the pathway. You and I, we're just romantic, walk down the pathway, and there's a lantern there. We feel good because we can see. And wherever we go, the light leads the way. But what if the lantern went out? What would you feel? Darkness. Yeah. Where's the. Where's the kerosene? Where's the matches? You got your <laughs> cell phone. Light it up. The first thing we want to have is the light. Friends, there are people in the world that don't want the light. They reject the light. And there are people in the world that want the light, and the light lives in them. That's God. Don't let the darkness of the world overpower you. It's good word. Don't let it overcome you. And don't let it cause you to stumble. Don't let it become a dark, dark cave you're afraid to go in. And don't let it become a dark, dark path you're afraid to walk down. Because your word, O God, is a light into my path and a light into my feet. It's important. And I think we need to understand that if we walk in the light and God is light, then we're going to go anywhere we go and we're going to carry a hope and illumination around the world. The hope of God lives in us, and we need to really understand that. That's a big deal. I think that many times we miss that, don't we? We do. We do. And we got a chance to be bright, bright, bright stars in the middle of a dark, dark night. Be the star. Be the light. Are you letting your light shine? I hope you are. We could go on and on and on. But the question becomes, and it's a serious one, do you have the light of God within you? do you? If you don't have the light of God within you, ask God to come into your heart. And when he does, you'll have the light of God in you. And he'll change your life around. He'll turn all the things old into all things new. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. The bottom line is, we want you to know God like we know God. We want you to know his light like we know his light. And we encourage you, the more you seek his light, you will find his light. And he will illuminate your path. He'll show you truth. There will be no secrets that are not exposed and no darkness that is hidden and no thing that is spoken under the, the roof and, and rooftops in the little room, it won't be kept secret. It's all going to be revealed one day. Trust that, that's light. Hope you're enjoying these shows and all this. We sure enjoy doing them, don't we?
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, If you're enjoying these shows and have some comments, we just really encourage you to put those in the feed right now and uh, go to Sherwood.tv and, and, and give us some feedback. We appreciate it. We want to communicate to you topics that we deem relevant and we deem fun and we deem important in all these areas, whether it be physical, emotional, or spiritual. We know we're going to touch on those. Go to that Sherwood.tv forward slash free and take advantage of the free stuff and engage in our services as you need. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on Hope and Health. And if I think right, I believe we're going to be out of town, so we will going to be doing this from a remote location. Hmm. Place to be determined. So we'll look forward to seeing you next week. The Lord bless you all.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the Hope and Health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv